another episode of Superman Movie Minute, proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. It's the show that scrutinizes, analyzes, and you'll believe a man can fly eyes the 1978 Superman The Movie. I am your host, Rob Kelly, and joining me on this journey through time and space is... Chris Franklin. Howdy, Chris. Hi, Rob. How are you? I'm doing very well. I'm always happy to be talking Superman The Movie, especially with you, but this... This, there's some good stuff coming up in this next oh, five yeah. minutes. This is a really, really good stuff. These are minutes 26 through 30. It opens with Baby Cal lifting the truck and the Kents reacting accordingly. And then it closes with Pa Kent realizing that when he gets older, things get very clear. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of great stuff here. Um, of course, this, this section opens immediately say, with the Kents seeing... Uh, that the baby Kalel is lifting the truck, and it both dawns on them. And there's this great pan where they turn around and look at the ship, and they realize <laughs> they are. This is not a normal child. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's this great. They look at each other, look at the rocket, look back at each other, and then look back at each other. <laughs> That's great. I yeah. love it. And I love how Glenn Ford throws the rag down. Like if that don't beat all, you know, just. <laughs> adopted a space alien well okay yeah and i love that then john williams does the little hint of the superman theme you hear the yeah. little bit of the dun, 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 like you're just a little like oh it's coming it's coming yeah. it's, the, it's the first instance of superman's powers it's it's a terrific it's a great comedy beat that the two of them and the way that both uh, both glenn ford and phyllis thaxter turn their heads in unison yeah look back and then they turn them back they, they're both in sync with one another it's it's yeah. great <laughs> they, they really sell being a couple that's been married for, uh, I mean, for years. I mean, it, it just with a, just a few short minutes. I mean, they they just seem like a like an old married couple. They really do. Uh, it's of course they're fantastic actors, of course, but uh, they've they've got a great chemistry together. And uh, it's it, you know it's kind of a shame we don't see more of them. But uh, what we get of them's so great that it makes this huge impression, and you don't really stop and think of. Their time is very limited in this movie, actually, you know. Right, because, I mean, the very next scene is a flash forward by about 15, 16 years where we are now in Clark's high school. And we are at presumably Smallville High. Yeah. This is where we meet Jeff East as young Clark Kent. Uh, He has been dubbed by Christopher Reeve, and he has a fake putty nose. Yes. uh, I guess presumably to make him look more like Christopher Reeve. I don't really see that. I mean, I, 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 you know what is funny? I feel ashamed. I've seen this movie, I don't know, hundreds of times at this point. It took me probably the first 20 times before I realized that that was Christopher Reeve's voice. It just didn't dawn on me. I didn't think about it. Well, you know, I didn't, I didn't really think about it either. I just, I guess, I kind of assumed that they got somebody that kind of sounded like him, uh, because he, they, they sync it up so well. I mean, obviously, there's lots of movies where they, they dub people's voices, and you don't even know why. You know, I mean, like lots of like Hammer movies were horrible about that. It's like, why did they dub this person's voice? You know, and and, and they don't sync up. And and uh, you know, Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing sound fine and look fine but this other person over here looks like they've just come out of a, a dub of a godzilla movie or something you know but <laughs> but with jeff east uh you know they really do a fantastic job i mean they must have had christopher reeve in there just like watching that footage like second by second and and trying to get his enunciation just right to match his his lips basically uh which is you know I, my understanding is jeff east did not know 
that he was going to get dubbed until like the last minute. Yeah, that's that he didn't know that till like I think like maybe when he saw the movie. I'm not sure. Oh, I hope not. Oh, that would be awful. I I don't know. Maybe that. Maybe I'm getting that confused with a a different person that got dubbed. But uh, I know it was late in the game. When he found that out, so yeah. and yeah, you know, we might as well get that get it out of the way. The putty nose, uh, it there's one unfortunately now on the you know cleaned up HD version of the oh. movie. <laughs> you can kind of tell in in a very critical scene toward the end of this segment that we're talking about that yeah, it looks kind of fake. I hate okay. to say that. But it, it, it popped out at me this time. And I'm like, oh, man, I hate that. <laughs> when, you, when you know to look for it, you can see that the coloring's a little off. That's it, uh, yeah. But, uh, again, it's one of those things that I didn't notice for the first, you know, 50 times I've seen this movie. I, just, no, I, did, did I didn't know what Jeff East looked like, honestly. That, and, too, and I, yeah. You're like, I don't know, maybe that's what the guy looks like. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah and so we see Clark, and he is, of course, sort of like the, the equipment kid or the water boy the football team and he looks sort of pained and we see the coach kind of giving him orders and you're looking what's he what you know what is Clark looking so mournfully at and then we see Lana Lang the introduce the introduction of Lana Lang to the Superman movie universe here she's played by Diane Sherry Chase who did not have a whole really much of a career outside of this movie of playing Lana Lang um mm. clearly Lana likes Clark she, mm-hmm. takes, she takes a shine to him. She seems very sweet. She kind of looks like the version of Lana Lang you sort of pictured in your head. She's a redhead. Uh, yep. in, the, in the audio commentary, Tom Ankowitz, um it feels like he has to mention that in every movie Richard Hunter does, he has cheerleaders. He has to have cheerleaders <laughs> in every one of his movies. <laughs> but uh, Lana likes Lang. And, uh, Lana, Lana, likes Lang. Lana likes Clark, and uh, she's, she's, she's very sweet to him. And then, of course, it gets interrupted by Brad Flock. Great name. Yeah. Brad Flock as Brad. This is yeah. this actor's sole credit yes. in the movies is this. He plays Brad, and he completely – he's a bully. He doesn't like Clark at all, and he does this whole thing where uh, – because Lana asks Clark, do you want to come with us back to the soda shop to spin some records? And Clark looks delighted. Oh, yeah, I'd love to do it. And Brad gets in, and he's like, you got to clean up all this equipment. And there's this shot of all this crap laying all over the, the ground. And he's basically, you know, to put not too fine a point on it, cock-blocking Clark Kent because he does not want Clark along with everybody. And, uh, you know, it's – I'm sure – I don't want to speak for you, Chris, but as a nerd, growing up as a nerd, I can relate to this. Well, yeah, and I, and I think the implication is, is that Brad and some of the football players have knocked all that stuff over because Clark's like, yeah, but I already stacked. And he looks over and, and Lana's like, oh, Brad, right, you know. Right. And so Brad is just a total – piece of crap i mean you know and uh i know you know we're i'll keep talking about superman 3 when we're but we do see brad again played by a different actor right in superman 3 good old brad wilson as christopher right. reeve says and uh brad deserved the life he ends up getting <laughs> <laughs> every bit of it the mr football star you're not going very far buddy uh <laughs> and this is a very peter parker moment for clark kent this yes. feels this feels like, um, you know, this feels more like a like a Flash Thompson, Peter Parker thing with uh, Liz Allen more than uh, than some of the uh, classic Superboy comics. But, you know, DC at the time was finally, you know, humanizing the characters a bit. And you were starting to get more of this in the comics as some of the Marvel creators came over to DC and went back and forth. And they started bringing uh, more of this 
uh, into the uh, comics. And I believe in the New Adventures of Superboy comics of the time, there was a a bully type character. I can't think of his name in the comics that acted like a a Flash Thompson or a Reggie Mantle type, you know, pain in the neck. So uh, that's what Brad is. He's you know, it, but. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. It, if you can't identify with this, then you're Brad. That's all. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, I, th- this is the kind of thing that shows why I could never be Superman. Because if I had superpowers, I would slowly be microwaving Brad's guts from the inside. Because <laughs> I, 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 I would be like, I, this, I can do this. What's that? Where, you know, as as he talks later, is 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 a bird? Uh, you know. Uh, is a bird doing the wrong thing when he flies? And I'll be like, well, look, I, I, I can microwave Brad from the inside and no one will ever know. So why not? And then I get Lana Lang. I don't know. Right. I, it's, <laughs> now you're seeing why I don't have the moral turpitude to be Superman. Um, but it's, it's, I, got a, I got a brief cameo from Cindy here. What do you want to say? I'm sorry, but here's the thing. You all talk about Brad got the life he deserved. Lana got the life she deserved because she knew Brad was an asshole and married him anyway. <laughs> she wasn't married to him, though. She didn't marry him. She was just always after her. She was married to another guy. I don't care. <laughs> wow, to, bringing the hammer might, down. You might have to cut that part out. <laughs> no, 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 it's the, I, any cameo from Cindy. Like I that, she deserved what she got. You go with the good guy. Yeah, go with the good guy. Well, I, I think part of it, too, is um, if you watch the scene, it's kind of – Brad like he might as well club her in the head and drag her off by his hair. I by know. her hair, he literally, she 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 clearly kind of resists. And he, yeah, she tries to stay with Clark, and he like drags her over the bench and to the car. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, wow, what a jerk. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> yep. that's yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a real dick. He's a real dick to Clark, <laughs> and it's funny because I mean, in the the, the subsequent scene uh, is where we sort of find out that um, you know what what the kids have instilled in Clark. But, but right. right here, um, at least for the first couple of times I've seen this movie, like I don't think the movie necessarily wants you to know that Clark is aware of all of his powers just yet. Like we will find out in, in about a second that he is, but in the right. beginning he looks sort of so pained. You're kind of like, well, does he not know that he can do, I mean, obviously he can lift the truck as a baby because we just saw that, but we just right. don't know how his powers have manifested themselves yet. So you're just sort of like, well, why is he so henpecked? You know, right. why is he so, you know, he's watching and it's brutal because you see the car, the classic car, and it's all full of cheerleaders and they all hop in. And then we even hear them kind of like giggle and stuff. And one of them waves, they wave at Clark and I don't know if they're being sarcastic or not. But yeah. you're just kind of like, well, why is Clark so so miserable? And then he picks up the football and he waits till they <laughs> drive away and he kicks the football. And with, with the uh, clever use of an air gun, yeah. they send this football into orbit practically. <laughs> and I love the idea of like if this was a different movie. Um, have, you, have you ever seen Animal House? Yeah, of okay, course. Animal House, right? You know the scene where um, Otter. And oh, Peter Riegert's character Boone are golfing, yes. and they're yes. hitting the balls. And the one ball just smashes through the window and hits into Dean Wormer's office and shatters the uh, the water pitcher all over his work. If this yeah. was a different movie, you would see a football go through a guy's window and just like smash all of his crap, you know, like ten miles away. It would have hit Brad and like put him in a coma or something. Right? Yeah. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That'd be great. I would have loved just like a more wacky version of Superman. Yeah, you're right. Brad's driving and the, the football all of a sudden just comes around and just splits his skull open. 
<laughs> of course, unfortunately, all the all, Lana and all the other girls in, are in the car with him, so he, well, he, you know, uh, <laughs> they knew what they were getting into, Chris. Well, that's what, like Cindy said, they knew what they were getting. Into. See, there you go. I'm on board with Cindy on this one. I, I'm, I'm not as I'm not as sanguine about Lana just going along with this, but but yeah. So, and that's it for Lana Lang. We don't. We are not going to see Lana Lang again. And so then we see Clark on his way home. And we see that he, one of his little hobbies is he likes to run along the train and sort of pace himself along with the train. And we get a cameo, two cameos, in fact. And I'm getting a little choked up even as I'm looking at this because I find it so sweet. We get a cameo from Noel Neal, everybody's favorite. Noel Neal from the Superman TV show, Lois Lane. And Kirk Allen, who, of course, was the original live-action Superman from the movie serials. And they are on the train and they have a young daughter and now it's the director's cut where they get dialogue, where yes. we, we learn that this young girl is Lois Lane, will eventually be Lois Lane. In the movie version, the kind of one we're doing, we don't get any of that. They don't get any dialogue. We just see this little girl spying Clark Kent. And, uh, you know, but I, I love it. I love that it's a cameo. And, you know, mm-hmm. it shows that this kind of stuff was, was set from the beginning, the whole mm-hmm. idea of getting the older actors to come back and cameo in the new version, which is now all over the place in every one of these movies. But oh yeah, Superman was Superman basically did it first. Yeah, and the Superman franchise has been really good. I mean, it's amazing how like across the different movies and TV shows they've brought back the different actors from different versions. I mean, Smallville TV series like used. I mean, Christopher Reeve was on Smallville, right? Right. You know, right. And 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 Margot Kidder and Mark McClure were all on there, and and, and you know a lot of people. Terrence Stamp. Terrence Stamp was Jor El's voice. I mean, yeah, it's they. But when I was a kid, I I, I remember this. I mean, it, when I saw this movie in the theater at like. I was either three or four because I, I, my birthday's in December, so it's according to when I saw this. As what age? I don't know exactly the date I saw it, but it was when it first came out, December. I recognized Noel Neal. Okay. I, rec- I recognized that that was – oh, that's Lois from the TV show because I watched The Adventures of Superman, and she's sure. in a very similar outfit yep. to what she normally wears with the pillbox hat and everything. Uh, on the uh, Adventures of Superman TV show. Now, I was not aware of Kirk Allen, and you really don't – you only see him, like, over the shoulder, really. Right. Because Noel Neal's kind of like asleep in the train right there almost. Looks like she's asleep or reading a book or something, and Lois lo, – young Lois is looking out the window with her binoculars at Clark running by. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, I, you know, I, I wasn't aware of Kirk Allen, and it wasn't until – uh, I got the Superman, the Scholastic Superman, the movie, like magazine <laughs> slash book. And it's got all right. these facts about Superman one and two. And then later they come out with a version that added three to it that I, you know, that's when I first saw a picture of Kirk Allen as Superman. And, and, and I found out that Noel Neal was also his Lois Lane. You know, she was right. Lois Lane in his serials first. And then of course they cast Phyllis Coates for the first season of Adventures of Superman and she had to drop out. And so then Noel Neal became Lois for the rest of the run of the series. So she's got double Lois Lane credit, mm-hmm. <laughs> actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's the original Lois Lane and the first lady of Metropolis, Illinois, and, and a very, very sweet and wonderful lady. We met her in Metropolis. I probably told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again. Uh, we were at the Metropolis uh, Superman Museum uh, the day before the celebration began Several years ago, I me mean, Andrew was a, a toddler, 
so this is probably like 14, 13, 14 years ago. And Noel Neal walks into the museum and is looking around, and I tell Cindy, I said, that's Noel Neal. And she's like, oh, my gosh. And I'm like, and she's like, you're going to say anything to her? I'm like, no, I'm not going to bother her. She's, you know, I'm not going to bother her. She's, you know, here just to chill out and look around. She's not in autograph signing mode. I'm not going to say anything to her. Well, she comes up and starts talking to Andrew and just tells him how cute he is and everything. So we have <laughs> nice little sweet. She's like, hello, little one, and starts talking Aww. to him. And so I didn't even bother getting Noel Neal's autograph because, you know what, it's like, that's not going to top this. No, so, yeah. Oh, that's so terrific. Great. And I kind of let her know I knew who she was, you know. Right. But, I, right, but, right. I, but without saying, you're Lois Lane, you know, or something like that. Like, um, yes, I know that. Thank you. Yes, I'm aware of what I've been doing for the past 70 years, yeah. Uh, but, <laughs> but uh, yeah, she was, she was just as sweet as you would imagine she would be. That's great. I mean, I love that Noel Neal, she only passed away just last year. Yeah. Uh, I love that she lived long enough to really, you know, get to see so much of the fandom. And, of course, she has a cameo in Superman Returns as well. Uh, you know, I love that. I love that she lived long enough to, to really be able to be embraced. And this, this scene um, brings up a kind of interesting thought experiment in that, okay, let's say that uh, George Reeves had not passed away. In 1959, mm -hmm. do you think by 1978 he would have been okay with being identified as Superman again? I mean, because the reason they get Kirk Allen is because George Reeves wasn't around. Would he have been kind of come back around? Because we, as we all know from from you know movies and, and all the stuff we've read about, that George Reeves was very upset about being so so um, typecast as Superman, but maybe 20 years later, would he have maybe come out the other side of it and been like, hey, I was Superman, and he would have been happy to be in this movie? I, I think so, because I think a lot of that is, and you know, you and me talked about Hollywood Land on Film and Water, right. uh, the movie about it, and I think a lot of that is somewhat sensationalized, because he was getting ready to do another season of Superman. He was set to direct several episodes he had directed episodes in the last season they had right. done, which ended up being the last season, and including the last two episodes of Superman ever filmed. George George Reeves directed them, right. and and uh, I think he would have. I think he would have been okay with it by that point. And who knows? They may have even got him to not do more than just the kind of cameo that Kirk Allen mm. did. He might he might have been Paul Kent. Who knows? Mm. You know, I mean, uh, you know, it's certainly. What I mean, George Reeves was a good actor, you know. I mean, I you know, I think, uh, I think he, you know, to me, uh, like I've I've said before, in my mind, as a kid, I like George Reeves. Now, Christopher Reeve is my personal Superman, but I have I I can totally get behind everybody that loves George as their Superman. Oh yeah. And to me, he's the Earth Two Superman to me, and Christopher <laughs> Reeves the Earth One Superman. That that that's always how I said it in my head. Well, this is taking place on Earth Two, you know. <laughs> I never thought of it that way. Well, that's when I read the comics where they teamed up. I would hear their different voices in my head. Yeah, that's how I kind of, yeah. you know. So it, it and, and that's nothing against Kirk Allen, who I since saw the serials and I like. But you know, it, it they to just me weren't I, available. Right? Yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, he cuts. He looks. You know, he actually Kirk Allen actually looks physically more like Superman than George does, really. Mm -hmm. But George just projects that Superman more. I don't know. It's just it, it just he maybe because he had to play it. He couldn't play it as broad as Kirk Allen did because he had to sustain it across many episodes. Yeah, yeah. So he 
smartly played it a little more pulled back, you know, a little more subtle, like I'm, I'm at ease with what I'm doing because this is natural to me, you right. know. Yeah, How'd this become a George Reeves podcast? I don't know. Well, I, well, I mean, you can't help but think about it. But no, I totally agree. I mean, Christopher Reeve will always be my Superman. But I, I ate up Adventures of Superman with a spoon. I mean, I watched oh, yeah. it till my eyes popped out of my head. So, Me too. Yeah, I still it, love it. I, yeah, I still, yeah, I still love it. And yeah, so I do like to think that, that maybe like Adam West, the late great Adam West, or, mm. or other actors that – or Linda Carter who kind of after you know their moments kind of dimmed were kind of uncertain about – you know, being so known for this one character, they then have them come out the other side of it. And they are now, yeah. they were now happy. And Linda Carter completely embraces her past as Wonder Woman, and Adam West certainly did. I like to think that that's what have happened with George Reeves, that a generation would have grown up, gone to Hollywood, started making movies, and would have deified him the way he deserved to be deified. They would have been like, you were Superman, man! So he probably would have loved being in this movie. I like, that's what I like to think. And so... Uh, I like to think that he would have been in the movie if he could have had the well, chance. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like, um, well, like uh, Buster Crabbe showed up on uh, Buck Rogers, you know, the Buck Rogers TV show, something like that. I mean, you know, and I mean, he had been Buck Rogers. Right. So, uh, so you know, uh, that that would have been fantastic to to have George yeah. Reeves in this in this film. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been great. And so the effect of I love the idea of Young Clark as a daredevil that he does yeah. this stuff just to basically give himself a thrill. I think yeah. that's great. He runs because I mean, man, if he runs in front of a train and he gets hit, he, <laughs> he'll be okay. But the train yeah. is going to be messed up. Oh yeah, it's going to be derailed. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, he's going to kill people if if that if he gets hit by that train. Yeah, I mean, and I, I love the the effect of him running, and I've seen the like the behind the scenes of that. Oh, yeah. they, they had him in a. I mean, they basically did the same thing like the flying harness, but they just had him like you know just a few like an inch off the ground. And poor Jeff East and his stunt person had to just move their legs like yep, they were running. Yep. That had to be horrible. Yeah. <laughs> In the audio commentary, Richard Donner talks about that. And he just, you could practically hear him doing a face palm where he's like, my God, he's like, we were dragging him from the back of a truck. Like, he just couldn't believe that he put his <laughs> yeah. actors through that. Yeah. And, and I think I remember something about when they swung him and, like, when he jumps in front of the train, like the crane almost in one. One shot they did, the crane almost swung him. In. I don't think the train was really coming at him, or if it was, it was like moving super, super slow or something. But, but uh, you know, he almost hit the train, which would have hurt. I mean, yeah. you know, no matter matter if it's sitting still or not, you smack into the side of a train, uh, you know, that's gonna that's gonna leave a mark. Yep. You know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I mean, you know, in the little, I love the effect of the little figure of Clark running up that dirt road with the yeah. the cloud of dust behind him that is so it's so and the music's got that that locomotive music mm-hmm. that that williams puts in this scene is just so fun and of course superman racing alongside the train was something that siegel and schuster used to show his powers right you know the very earliest strips so it's it's a nice you know this is like essential superman here you got to have the train you know yeah <laughs> the one other little bit about before we move off this of, of Lois Lane is that it this is interesting is that it suggests that Le, that Clark or Kal-El at least in his adolescent years ages at the same rate that we do because mm-hmm. him and Lois are he's I mean Lois is probably in this scene eight or nine and yeah. Clark is probably 15 16 so you know he's only seven years older but they when they meet they meet as contemporaries so right. it's like does Superman age the same way we do, or does he sort of like the like he did basically in the comics freeze at twenty nine? 
You know, he just right. stops <laughs> at a certain point. Yeah, yeah, I, that's kind of that's kind of what I feel when he hits like uh, his uh, his full adulthood. He just quits. He quits. He ages. Starts aging very slowly. That seems to be the answer to uh, you know a lot of the comic versions. You know, or like going back to the Earth to Superman, he gets a little gray in his hair, but other than that, looks pretty good. Yeah. You know? yep. so. <laughs> so we follow uh, the football players and the cheerleaders as they're rocketing through, and we get these great long shots. And then there's one moment where it's an establishing shot where we see the car headed rightwards, right, uh, headed to, yeah. from left to right on screen towards to drive past the Kent farm. And then on the farther right of the screen, we see little Clark running at the car. So they're they're actually in the same frame together. As yeah. he approaches, and then he he manages to get to the Kent Farm pretty much just like a half second just before, but not but uh, not so uh, the time isn't so short that he doesn't have time to stand there and pose, right? Uh, like like a boss man, like a total baller move where he's standing there, and it's the uh, the famous line where Lana, Lana and Clark, Lana and Brad are absolutely stunned that he's there already, and they ask. How did you get here so fast? And of course, what did Clark reply, Chris? I ran. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Which is the I've said this before when we did Superman on 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 uh, Film and Water, but in our house, whenever anybody asked how you got something done so fast, the answer from all four of us will always be I ran. Yeah. <laughs> <I ran. laughs> And uh, Brad can't help but throwing in a little bit of an insult where you hear him say, I told you he was an oddball, and yeah. he drives off. So, F you, Brad. Uh, <laughs> F you. That's what I say about that. So, And then, of course, Pa Kent is there working on the farm, and he notices, and he says, showing off a bit, boy. And, yeah. uh, you know, poor Clark is a little chastised. And so this whole five-minute sequence ends with uh, what is probably my favorite scene in the movie. Is hmm. Pa Kent with his arm around uh, young Clark, and young Clark starts asking about, you know, is it wrong uh, when a bird is it showing off when a bird flies, you know? And he says he talks about when he gets the ball, he can score a touchdown every time. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, so he doesn't understand why he can't just be who he is, you know? And he's he gets a little animated, and you can see how frustrated he gets because he just doesn't understand. Why you know why he has to kind of limit himself, and it's and right at the end of this moment is where Pa Kent interrupts him, and yeah. he says, you know, no, 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 and he says, you know, a man gets older, and he talks about how he says when you get older, he says uh, things get very clear, and that is the end of this five minutes, and we're about to get to in the next section my favorite line of the entire movie, but this whole lead up, this whole walk, is just beautiful. I just yeah. love it. I could watch Glenn Ford dispun- dispense homespun wisdom all day. I just sure. think he is so good in this part. The tracking shot is beautiful, but it's all one shot as we follow them. And we, we get to understand that they are there to protect Clark. And he mm-hmm. doesn't understand that. I think it's just beautiful. Well, and it's, it's such a, I know we're going to get to the end of the scene in the next movie, but it's, it's only just a few minutes between those two, but it tells you everything you need to know about Superman's moral code yeah. and where it comes from. I mean, it's – and I love that, you know, actually Glenn Ford's parenting style when he's like uh, it's like showing off little son, you know, that's that's my dad. That's how my dad <laughs> – he'd call me boy, say, what are you doing, boy? You know, it's like, you know, like, 
Oh, now, son, I, we taught you better than that now. You know, that type, that type, <laughs> you know, that type of thing, you know, which is the same thing he's doing, basically. But, you know, I mean, it's it's that laconic kind of laid back parenting style that uh, so I, I, I unfortunately, I'm a lot more high strung than my dad is. Uh, but, but so my my parenting style is not quite as laconic as that. But uh, but it, yeah, I mean, it's just I've always identified with that. And and like you said, because. Because one, it's Glenn Ford, and because even if you don't like, when I was a little kid, I don't think I knew that Glenn Ford was. I think my parents probably said, "Oh yeah, Glenn Ford's a big actor." You know, he was big when we were young. He was in everything, you know, and and he was a big, huge box office draw and all that. But I mean, at the time I saw it, I didn't. But there was just something. There's just this this earnestness about him that you just buy everything he's saying, even if you don't know that he's Glenn Ford. You know, that's that's just great acting. But that's and it's just something about the very character of the, of Glenn Ford himself. But yeah, it's, it is one of the, probably like one of the best father son moments in any movie, honestly. Yeah. So it's, it's really wonderful. And, you know, I mean, they talk about again in the auto commentary that, you know, this film was built to be three different movies. And mm-hmm. at the time, some critics were critical of it and they were like, they said it's very disjointed, but it was built that way. It was built to be that Krypton is very cold and icy and remote and then we moved to Krypton, which uh, we moved to, um, excuse me, Smallville, which is completely Norman Rockwell, Andrew Wyeth, you know, Americana. I mean, the, the, the shots of the wheat fields and the farmer. Mm-hmm. And it's just everything you sort of want Superman to be coming from is the sort of this heartland of America kind of thing. And I don't mean heartland in, in terms of physical space because, uh, you know, I don't buy into the whole notion that there is a particular part of this country that is any more American than any other part. But right. the idea of the values, the idea that, you know, putting, sa- sacrificing yourself for the greater good uh, mm-hmm. is that what they're trying to instill in, in young Clark. And I think this is just great. And, you know, look, I mean, obviously you and I, completely biased on this movie you and i cannot see this movie as anything other than you know how much we love it but um i also think you know uh, the oscars the academy awards they don't really give academy awards for for small roles generally now there are some exceptions beatrice straight one for network which i think she's in the movie for like 120 seconds or something like that but for the most part small parts don't get noticed Uh, on Oscars, and I really think Glenn Ford, like, I mean, this movie won some Oscars, but technical, it was all technical stuff, but I really thought that of all the the roles, Glenn Ford should have maybe nabbed a Best Supporting Actor Oscar, because he just anchors these scenes uh, as Pa Kent. I think he is just tremendous, and in the next moment where we lose him, it is, I, I get upset just thinking about it. It is so well done. This is his moment. This is his scene where he just gets to just be the most pockety you could imagine. And he just kills it. He just crushes it. And uh, I, all props to Richard Donner for making these scenes worth watching. You know what yes. I mean? We're not itching to get him to be Superman. I mean, it's great. It's great when he becomes Superman, finally. But you're not, I don't know. You're not sitting there in your seat, at least, kind of like, when's he gonna? When are we gonna get to the fireworks factory? No, it's <laughs> like this. All this stuff is really well done, and it's 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 vital to the story you're trying to tell. Right. Yeah. And, and I, you know, you're talking about the the Oscar uh, kind of nomination. You know, really, to me, and uh, you know, like you said, we're biased. We can't. Yeah. You know, we love this movie too much. But uh, you know, I think in hindsight now. 
you know, especially now that we we get these movies, these type of movies more often. But this movie, as we've established on this show already, was such a shot in the dark. I mean, it was such a a grand experiment that could have fallen flatly on its face. Yep. Yep. So I think that Richard Donner, I think Christopher Reeve, I think a lot of people got overlooked in the awards department for Mm -hmm. this film because they sold something that audiences didn't even know if they wanted to buy back then. (laughs) You know? Right, yeah. And they sold the hell out of it. Nowadays, yeah, sure, everybody wants a comic book movie. Look how they're, you know, look what they're doing. You know, I mean, it's, but, you know, and the fact that, that Donner made the movie like he made it and he made it with such sincerity and the fact that Christopher Reeve could wear that costume and not look like a horse's ass, not look like a horse's ass, not look uncomfortable in it to sell that he's, he's completely, he's behind. I mean, like I've heard other people, I think it was, I think it was on some VH one thing that, uh, uh, pen of Penn and Teller, uh, said if any actor that can make you can say, I'm here to fight for truth, justice in the American way and make you believe it and not <laughs> laugh at him. That guy deserves an Academy Award or something. He said something like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And he's right. He's right. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's said uh, you think it's easy playing Superman. You try it. You know, <laughs> see how much of an exactly. idiot you look like. Yeah. This is it's a Donner really grounds this movie in an essential humanity, and uh, it's really distilled here by all these scenes in in, uh, in Smallville, and especially with with Glenn Ford. It's just tremendous. And we'll we'll be waxing even more of Glenn Ford's truck. In the next scene, because he's got my my favorite moment of this movie is literally like two seconds into the next next episode. So uh, yeah. so I guess that is going to do it for these five minutes. Is there anything else you want to say about this this part of the no, movie? I think we said it all. All right, fair enough. So uh, that's going to do it for, for Superman Movie Minute. Of course, you can find the show over on Twitter at, at Superman Move Min. We are part of the Movies by Minute sort of uh, franchise. We, again, big thanks to uh, Pete, Ro- Pete Alex Robinson. I, I, transpose their names big big thanks to alex robinson and pete the retailer uh creator of star wars minute for lending us uh, this format there are so many shows so many great shows out there that are doing movies minutes at a time there's so much deep dives if you really want to do it so chris where can people find you on our network i'm all over the network i am on the Supermates podcast with my wife cindy i'm on batman nightcast with ryan daly i am on power records podcast with you rob and occasionally i will drop a where does he get those wonderful toys on Fire and Water Presents? All right. And I'm, of course, on the Fire and Water Podcast, Treasury Cast. I do Power Records with Chris, do Digest Cast, Pod Dylan, Film and Water Podcast, and probably five other shows within the time uh, that I'm recording this and when you're going to hear it. So uh, <laughs> you can find it all out there, Fire and Water Podcast Network, and it's fireandwaterpodcast.com. So thanks, everyone, for listening. And until the uh, next episode, we will see you later. Bye. Bye is safe again, Superman, thanks to you. No, sir. Don't thank me, Warden. We're all part of the same team. Night.